A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, I'm Billy Munger. Hello, I'm Johnny Herbert. Thanks to everyone who listened to our Saudi Arabian race preview. If you missed it, don't worry. It's available for free wherever you get your pods. So do go and check it out. And thanks to all of you who have been in touch with your questions so far. So stay tuned because we could be answering them right here as we lift the lid on Formula One. So today we set foot in the paddock and we start getting our ears to the ground for the big scoops. This podcast is all about you guys though, our team, where we answer all your questions. So let's let's get straight into them. It's worth saying, Johnny, that we want everyone here to be included. So, you know, if you're completely a new fan to Formula One and, you know, you've watched Netflix and that's about it. Ask the silliest of silly questions because, you know, we all were new Formula One fans at one point or another. So hopefully with our experience, we can actually answer those questions in a way that, you know, gets you into being a long-term fan of sport. That's what it's all about. The sillier, the better, the more stupid, the better. We're here to answer them. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we don't get them wrong (laughs) because that would look really embarrassing, Johnny, wouldn't it? No, I know. That would be. That would be. There's a good chance of that. (laughs) we're not perfect either guys no we're not as much as we look (laughs) it so let's get straight into it johnny mate i'll 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 ask the first one we've got a question from nick and it is what's your worst travel story have you ever nearly missed a race let's go to you with this one first mate you know you're a formula one driver traveling the world any any near misses with flights or you know delayed disasters yeah, I have missed a race. I haven't missed a race. I missed a karting race. You missed a karting race? Crikey, I must have been about 13 or so. But we all woke up too late. So we decided we went to London and I did a Scalectrics race, the South of England Scalectric race. <laughs> what, instead of going for the karting event? Instead of going for the karting event, yeah. I finished <laughs> third. Nice. Get <laughs> you out. Man yeah. of many times. Oh, yeah. Then you, have you got one? Me and my dad had a good story when I was racing in Euro Formula. I think we might be going out to Monza, actually. I think it was the last race of the season. And me and my dad, we were 
in duty free. We'd gone through all security and stuff, and my dad's gone, oh, I want to get a pair of sunglasses. So I was there with him for what felt like an, an eternity while he, you know, putting them on, trying them on, all these sunglasses. Next thing you know, I look down at, at my watch and I realise what the time is. I'm like, Dad, we've got to go. <laughs> Pretty sharpish to make this flight. <laughs> and we got there and they just shut the, like the, the gate that you need to, you know, check in on your border passes and stuff. And they were like, no, we, that's it. You've, you've missed it. We can't do anything. And I was fuming inside thinking, how on earth have we missed this flight when we've got here with loads of time to spare because Dad was messing around and duty-free trying to buy a pair of sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, luckily, there was a, one of the, the truck drivers, you know, the truck that carries, you know, all the luggage and stuff like that. Yeah. And one of them luckily recognised me, which was, you know, nice in itself, and then offered to drive yes. us to the, the plane. <laughs> so we got a lift with the trucky driver with all the luggage. All style. Straight all style out to the plane so yeah me and dad absolutely <laughs> fluked our way onto that flight there that was handy that was me i've got one i've got one other remember now go on but it go wasn't on. actually me who arrived late okay it was mika hakkinen just mika hakkinen who was standing milton Keynes, rushing to get to silverstone and on <laughs> sunday morning the traffic was mayhem it's when you used to have to you used to have to go through the middle of silverstone to get into the main gate so he was running late. He only had about 15 minutes to get in before the uh, warm-up, as we had in those days, started. So he then drove on the wrong side of the road, because that was the only way he was going to get there in time. Unfortunately, after doing about two miles of this, so it's before Silverstone Village itself, and when he got into Silverstone Village, a policeman stopped him, took him over, he got arrested, he got taken to the <laughs> local police station. I had to do the warm-up in his car. And do you know what made this thing worse? I went three tenths quicker in his car. <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> Which really annoyed me. Really annoyed me. So, yes, a big actor never actually made it for that warm-up. You went three tenths quicker. In his car. It annoyed the hell out of me. But I'm glad I did it because I found out there was obviously something wrong with my damn car. But, yeah, he got arrested, thrown in, thrown in jail, and I had to do the warm-up for him. So that was quite a bit sore. <laughs> that is a good one, mate. That's a good story. All right, let's move on to another question. You want to chuck one in for us, mate? Yeah, well, Grace has asked, do teammates share rooms? Uh, which teammate would you have hated to share one with? Do teammates share rooms? Um, in my experience, no. My experience, yes. <laughs> Someone I had spent uh, a bit of time uh, in the same room, in the same bed, and, okay. and I used it as a little bit of mind games. <laughs> I remember he went out one night. I'll, I'll tell you who it is at the end of it. He went out one night with the, the media, these uh, local media. Uh, he came back in about, uh, I don't know, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, something like that. And it was a really, really hot, hot evening. But it was a tiny little room. We had one little window, one double bed. And I heard the keys rustle into the lock. And I was start naked because <laughs> I was just planning everything. So, so the door opened. I hear the rustling of clothes. He then, I, I'm sort of like a starfish <laughs> over the, the whole entire bed. So there's a tiny little gap for him to be able to sort of put his, his, pull his bottom off. But I could see he could never really lay down. And he was fiddling and twisting. He said, how am I going to sit down? I'm going to get in this bed. So I then rolled over. Yeah. And then he was able to sort of lay down again. So after a couple of minutes, I rolled back over and put my arm <laughs> over him. 
and he and he froze, <laughs> literally froze with 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 fright, which I would completely understand by doing that one. And the following day, we went. It was just in Manicourt in France, and we went to qualify the the next day. I qualified, he didn't. Mika Hakkinen. <laughs> <laughs> what you're saying here, mate, is you were naked and you big spoons and Mika Hakkinen, and it froze him in shock. No, didn't <laughs> say that. Didn't say that. I cu- gave him an arm cuddle. An arm cuddle. Okay, that was enough shock that carried on through the. The next day, just the little touch of the arm was enough that he was petrified. Yeah, that was all it was. <laughs> well, there's some serious mind games there, mate. But that was Lotus in the early 90s. We didn't have any money. There was no budget. We used to fly an economy. We used to get the same hire car. And not every single race, but the majority of races, we stayed in the same room. But that was normal for us. Can I ask how long it was after that all kicked off before Mick Ackerman shared a room with you again? Or was that the last time you two bunked together? It did scar him, I have to say. <laughs> it was scar for, for, for a short space of time. But then, now we always had, we had a good, we had a good time together. So it was, it was good. I think we did do it once again, but not in the same bed. <laughs> I think we did have separate beds, I think. When I was teammates with my best mates, we, we shared on a couple of occasions, but we weren't teammates for very long, not like a full season. So on the odd occasion, um, which teammate would I have hated to share a room with? Hmm, good question. I don't know, actually. I think I'm probably... Actually, to be, if I'm being completely honest, I'm probably the teammate that no one wants to share a room with because I'm pretty messy. So I reckon that that might yeah, go I down. I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> so I reckon that might go down pretty badly, to be honest, mate. I think I'm going to be more the one out of the two teammates that's going to be uh, causing the upset. So actually, maybe that's, yeah. when I look back on it, maybe that's why I've not shared a room with many teammates before. Maybe they already knew my track record and thought, nah, he's too messy for me. I'm going to just get my own room. <laughs> Bite the bullet. Now, someone I wouldn't want to share a room with, as far as all the drivers I've been around, is Ralph Schumacher. Ralph Schumacher. Why is that, mate? I just never got on with Ralph. I remember when he, he took me off once at 220 miles an hour or whatever the hell it was at Monza. And I was so annoyed with him. Very kind words I put there. Very annoyed yeah. with him. And that was quite early in Ralph's career. It's when he was at Jordan. And that really did. Because he came to say, he was pushed down to come to my garage after the race to say sorry. And he never really meant to say sorry. So I would definitely not want to be in the same room as, as that man. Right, you're, you're next. Yeah, I'm up, mate. Go on, then. So we, we're going to stay on the, the teammate theme here uh, just for a little bit longer. We've got a question from Liam who says, Johnny, if you and Billy were teammates, how would you go about messing with his head? And I mean, after hearing about what you did to Mika Hackerton, mate, I'm a... <laughs> it worked. It worked. I, think, I, think, I think you're in my head already, mate. <laughs> there you go. See? There you go. I didn't actually have to do anything. On this no. one, I tell you one thing: Are you very particular with your crash helmet or gloves or balaclava placement, anything like that? What do you mean in like the back of the back of the truck? I just leave them in the bag, get them out, and put them on, and I get in the car. Yeah, I'm I'm the same, mate. Yeah, I don't think you could get me with any like tidiness or moving stuff uh, into different places because normally, yeah, I'm running around going, well, I don't know where my stuff is anyway, sort of thing. So I'm I'm running around. <laughs> So I don't think that would... You'd probably right. put it into a place that was easier for me to find than when I'd left it somewhere on my own accord. <laughs> well, the, well, I suppose the only way I'd get into your head is because I would presume we would share a hire car together. Yes. Yeah. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fair. A little well, road I trip. I wouldn't pick you up in the morning. I'd, <laughs> I'd drive off 
without you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my game. That would be my game. I do one who was very sensitive to that. John Alessi. John Alessi. John Alessi always had to put his helmet there. Then he had to put his gloves by the side, his boots by the side, his suit by the side of that. And that's when he was racing at Benetton, I think, with uh, uh, Gerhard Berger. So every morning, every session, Gerhard would move his gloves, move his helmet, yeah. move his suit, because he knew it would muck up his head, and he did it every single time. And Gerhard never really cottoned on. Yeah. Did you have Which any? Do you have any superstitions yourself, mate? Like anything like that, where you had to get? I had like teammates in the past that you know they had to step in the car from the right hand side. They couldn't do it from the left. Like really weird stuff. Like you know, out there stuff. So I'm just wondering if you know you had anything like that. I I had to only two 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 times that that did happen. I, I won a race in karting. I think it was at Woodwell. So I won one of the heats quite convincingly from quite a long way back. And I don't know how, where it came from, but there was a tiny little, like a, like a, I don't know, like a 007, you know, that little sort of uh, Aston Martin car you had where you could flip the little mine out of the roof. Yeah. Tiny little thing. And it was in my seat. But I'd won the race. So I kept it in the seat. I won the race the weekend, the, the whole the whole thing, the final. And I stuck it in my seat, I think, for the rest of that, that season. I know I had a very, very successful season so in my head yeah it was all to do with this little plastic model thing that i had in the yeah. seat very odd and eventually it got thrown out because i had barrel rolled at some <laughs> other track somewhere or other so i i found him after the race weekend and then i melted it <laughs> with a match <laughs> forgive me a bad week yeah and that was the only way i did that did on that one and then when i was at sauber Sauber, I used to step in from the left-hand side. You did have a side yeah. that you had to step in from. Only at, only at Sauber. Only at Sauber. Why Sauber then? I d it's just because it was with my uh, Urs, my uh, number one mechanic. We had a good weekend and he said, you stepped in from the left side. Normally you sort of go, go more on the right than the left. Yeah. But we're always going to do the left now. So oh, we did okay. that. We had a good year in 97. So it, it did work out Yeah, in 97. Yeah, the only thing when you mentioned earlier about, you know, the, the whole seat thing, having stuff in your seat. When I was in karting, it must have fallen out of my pocket. My dad must have given me some money to go get some food at the kart race. But a penny fell out of my pocket into my seat. And I went out there and won the final. And when I got out the, the kart seat, there was a penny sat in the bottom of my seat. So my dad glued it into there the bottom of my seat so that that stayed in there for the, the rest of the season my dad there glued it in so it, there are like little things like that but yeah i didn't really have any anything else off the top of my head so um no there's some good ones there they make some good stories right all right okay. yeah yes yeah. so jennifer asks uh, i was a member up oh, ah, i was member 256 i remember you well jennifer yeah in the jh uh, fan club and was lucky enough to meet you. How important is it that you have that following of fans? How important is it to have fans around there? Go ahead, Billy. Yeah, well, I've just got to say, How Johnny. Many you, got? you had the Johnny Herbert fan club, and people signed up, mate. You, Indeed. you know, you just you're a people pleaser, mate, aren't you? You got hundreds of people in your fan people's, club. People's champion. People's champion, mate. Love that for you. <laughs> but Jennifer, number two hundred and fifty-six. <laughs> Fans are massively important, aren't they, mate? Have you still got all the names of your members that you had in your fan club? And I know them all. Know them all, off by heart. I know them all. Who was number 57, mate? Who was number 57? Come on. Dave. 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 Good old Dave. Dave. 
<laughs> yeah, carry on. <laughs> it, you're right. It is important, and it's important, you know, even today. It's a different world because obviously that was a, a letter you sent to my parents who then put together a little bundle that they then sent back to you. And of course, now it's, it's instantaneous, isn't it, on social media? Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure if every or any of the F1 drivers, I don't know if they do any little chat and forum things with, with their fan club members. I don't know. Possibly. I can imagine Lando doing yeah, it. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. I think Lando like sort of interacts yeah. with his fans nowadays through like doing Twitch streams and stuff like that. So he can, you know, people okay, can like it. message him yeah. in the chat and he can answer their questions similar to what we're doing with the podcast here but just doing it you know in on a different format in twitch but i think that's yeah i think lando's probably the one that does activates it the most but yeah it's a bit different nowadays isn't it yeah but it was always at a race weekend billy that was where you sort of saw them and it probably for the majority of them if not all of them it was probably seeing them at the the little fan club hut my parents used to have at the back of Woodcut. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I'd go over there a couple of times during the weekend. And that's probably where you'd bump into a couple of, couple of race fans. You still, you still bump into them now, actually. But there's, and again, Jennifer being one of those, but you do see them normally at Silverstone. You still got them asking you questions in the podcast, yeah. mate. They're still, lifelong they're still fans. members. Lifelong fans. Yes. Lifelong members. Once you join the Johnny <laughs> Herbert fan club, you don't leave. I, I expect <laughs> I expect an application from you, Billy Boy. Yeah, put me down for number two hundred and fifty-eight, mate. I'm not putting you down. <laughs> you come and you come and sort of enter. All right, in the application, I'll send you an application. Send me a form. Is there a signing up fee? <laughs> uh, it's quite expensive now. With uh, yeah, but everything the way it is anyway. Yeah, so it's about one hundred and fifty. Hundred and fifty thousand pounds. Thousand. Wow. Okay. Yep. Um. I'll, I might have to, you know, save up for a little bit before I get near that membership. That's an exclusive club. That is. You will be very exclusive. I'll have to say. Right. Okay. So some mega questions there. Let's um. Let's take a quick break and we'll get back to your questions just after. Well, just when we're back. 
ruined his chances of a world championship. I don't know about you, Johnny, but Lando is, you know, super young still. You'd like to think he's looking at what Alonso's doing in Formula 1. He's probably got potentially another 20 years left in the sport. So I don't think that, you know, signing a contract has yeah. ruined it. No, but I think Anna's got, he's, she's got a very good question there because, yeah, when it's long-term, and I only know about my experience when I was at Lotus, actually, uh, and I had a long-term contract, and I think we still have discussed this before, but I had a long-term contract. And it, what it does do, if they won't, they don't want you to leave, and I had nothing in my contract that allowed me to leave, there are those windows that come up that you miss yeah. because you've got this long-term contract. And then you're in possibly a, a team or car at that particular given time that isn't competitive enough. And now we talk about Lando. He's in a car that sadly at the moment's not giving him what he needs. He's got that long-term contract. And as I, and as I think we discussed uh, in the podcast uh, previously, it's really down to what the wording says in the contract itself. Has he got a get-out clause like a lot of the drivers have nowadays, Yeah, which is always down to performance. And if the performance isn't there with a the car, although you've got a long-term contract, that's your get-out-of-jail card. Yeah, yeah. the performance clauses are definitely a, a big thing now, aren't they, mate? A big thing, exactly. So I hope that's something that is in there because I think it would be unfair that he gets stuck in a team that maybe, I, I hope he does, but maybe it can't give him what he needs. And then he's actually lost those chances of, of moving to to something bigger and better and then winning races and winning a world championship. That's, as, as you know, that's, that's what we want to do. That's the whole point of our sort of journey we have from our karting days all the way through the various Formula 1s. And if you get that chance in Formula 1, you, you want to win a world championship because you thought about that when you were 8, 10 years old. Uh, even younger now than six years old probably. yeah every driver out there has had that same thought process as yeah. they, haven't they mate they're all you know on the grid thing that sort of chasing that dream of being a Formula 1 world champion so like you say as much as you know losing a couple of years may, might not like seem you know to a lot of people that you know that's not a, a career killer as such but if their opportunities there like you say it's just about trying to find a way to capitalise on it mate isn't it and make the most of your career yeah Whilst you're in your prime and, you know, yeah. Lando is, you know, coming into his prime for sure. He's, you know, he, he's been really delivering the last few years. So he will be hoping whichever way his career pans out that he ends up in a car that's capable of winning a world championship pretty soon. Yeah, indeed. Right. Shall we move on to the next? Yeah, let's do another one, mate. And that's Courtney. She asks, uh, Lewis say Mercedes did not take his off-season feedback on the car. What about our thoughts on that? Well, this is something we talked about uh, in the main pod this week. So going back and listen if you want to. Uh, however, really didn't listen to his feedback. Well, Courtney, it's something, again, if that is the case, then it, it's it's crazy, I think, that yeah. someone of... Lewis's skill set is not listened to. I don't, I don't probably, I'm probably thinking, Billy, this is this happens to a lot of a lot of drivers in a lot of teams because all the technology that they've got from the CFD to the wing tunnel to every other tools that they've got at the at the factory and the way they can analyze absolutely everything always seems to forget the human element yeah. part to it. And we are still very no, what we're very sensitive when we're in a race car, aren't we? Very sensitive. Yeah, it's all about feel. It's all about, that's what it's all about as a driver. If you've got confidence in the car and, you, you know, you're feeling what's going on. And if you're trying to, sometimes a lot of drivers, you know, I've had teammates that have struggled to 
feedback to their engineers that feeling they get whilst driving the car because like you say johnny sure. you know it's all right being having that you know you have that sensitivity when you're behind the wheel but sometimes actually trying to communicate that to an engineer who a lot of the time engineers have different you know mindsets to racing drivers racing drivers you know their characters you know it's all flat out you know and the engineers are all about the precision the the numbers the stats and you know sometimes the two don't correlate together sometimes the numbers say one thing you got to go in this direction but the driver's saying i think we should be going in the other direction and i guess in that situation if lewis feels like they've gone with the numbers you know that are popping up on you know the cad and on the the wind tunnel stuff rather than with his feedback then that's gonna you know raise a few questions in his mind of you know now he's seeing the results aren't what they were saying they were going to be it, that sounds like a frustrating time and i yeah. it's it's so hard to sit here and believe that that's true to a certain extent because he's won seven world championships and you know uh, him and mercedes have been so dominant it's kind of hard to sit here and think yeah they're not taking his feedback on board it kind of doesn't make any sense whatsoever but who knows, you know, new set of regulations, a lot of engineers, a lot of numbers to crunch. But yeah, if they have done that, that that would be a bit frustrating for Lewis, I think, seeing where they're at right now. Yeah, again, listening. Now, what, it all depends what listening to means, Courtney, because if, he's, if he said, I think we should scrap this, 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 uh, this design that we have at the present time and maybe we've got to go in a different direction, that's, that's one thing. If he's just talking about sort of setup on the car and changes that maybe need to be changed to make the car better. That's something completely different. I would presume it was actually the concepts role. We need to change it. I would have, th- I would have yeah. thought that is, that's what he's talking about. And if yeah, they don't listen agree. to someone that way and they have this, I don't know, stubbornness to say, we can sort this one out. We have all the tools that we need. But it's plain to see that they don't quite understand what they've, what they've been working on. And that's where... I, w- I would hope, and I'm sure that is the case, that's what Lewis is probably alluding to. Yeah, I agree, mate. Right, a couple of little quick-fire ones to finish off. Let's, let's yeah. squeeze a couple in there. So we've got, uh, I'll, I'll read them both out and we'll both give our answers. So first one is from TJ, and he asks, do you think Logan Sargent will score any points this season? And then we've got a second question straight off the back of that from Girls in the Grandstand, and they've asked, from the current grid, who do you think has the talent to become future world champion? So, Ooh. Sergeant in the points, do you think that's a possibility this year, mate? Yeah, I, I think it is. You know, the car's obviously not that bad. Finished 12th in his first race. Exactly, so that was that was a good start. So, yeah, again, he needed a little bit of luck uh, to be able to do that. But the, there are chances of that coming coming his way. Yeah. Like Monaco, Monaco can be a really funny one, so... So, yeah, so I think he could do. So, Sergeant's on for points. Yeah, exactly. We've got that one in the bag. All right. What about future world champions? Out of the guys that aren't world champion, I mean, I'll, I'll set us off with a couple that I think, you know, they're, they, they're, I'd be very surprised they went through their whole careers not being world champion. Lando Norris, Charles Leclerc, George Russell. I think those three for me, you know, all yeah. three of them have got the talent to be world champion. You got anyone else to add to that one? I don't know. I th- I think I th- I still think that uh, if Pierre Gasly got a chance in a in a big car, he'd be able to to do that. He's got to prove it a little bit more after the tough time he had at, at, at Red Bull. Then they bounce back and then they win races like like Pierre has done. So yeah, I like it. <laughs> so that was absolutely brilliant, guys. Thanks for all those questions from everyone. Yeah, in the, the team radio episode there. That was a lot of fun. I particularly enjoyed Johnny's uh, mind game 
section that we got. Yes. <laughs> they won't stop. Always give fun. Yeah, keep throwing in those questions as well. We enjoy that side. Yeah, we keep throwing that. them in there, guys. They were they were mega. Yeah. We'll be doing more of these sort of Q&A podcasts every week for the team radio section. So if you want to get your questions into the podcast with us to send them into at Lift the Lid Pods. And we'll be back in just a couple of days with an update from the paddock in Jeddah. We bring you guys as close to the action as possible. And then with our post-Saudi review next week. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have a little bit of fun on that one. But in the meantime, you know what to do. Leave us a review and tell your friends, family, your neighbours and anybody you know about us. Let's spread the word. Let's help lift the lid on F1. Thanks for listening, guys. This has been a Soapbox London and SBX Studios production. Our executive producers were Rowan Wilkinson and Andy Bell. Johnny, I'll see you in Saudi, mate. Indeed. Thanks, everyone. Cheers, guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.